Hi there, healers. My name is Dave of Dave of the Flames. I'm a Reiki teacher, life coach, and a claircognizant. I blend these energies so that I can help you be the healer that you are meant to be. You work hard at taking care of others. Heal the Healers is a podcast that will help you find ways to take care of yourself. Do you often find yourself tired, low on energy, and overcommitted because you can't say no? I want to give you the tools to make you stronger so that you can work smarter and help more people around the world. No matter what healing modality you do, this podcast is for you. Hi everyone, and welcome to episode seven of Heal the Healers podcast. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by my guest author. Her name is Sharon Farber, and Sharon has written a book called Choosing to Be a Medium. Um, This book is amazing. I have to say that um, her and I were just talking about this. She put a lot of thought and intention into this book because it, it covers so much. Uh, I looked at the reviews for the book before I bought it and a few of them struck out for me. Um, one of the reviews says, it is well and warmly written by someone who found her own way to mediumship. I learned a lot from reading it. It's a keeper for sure. Uh, another review says, uh, as a professional medium, I am constantly studying, reading and refreshing my knowledge of the craft. This book definitely is one that I would recommend to others. And then the last review that I really liked was Mrs. Farber's book is outstanding and offers a beacon of light and hope for those of us who wish to connect with spirit. But I have been given, but have been given the perception that one has to be a born medium in order to do so. She writes eloquently and powerfully about this sacred responsibility. This is a must have for any medium. Sharon, thank you for being here today. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm blushing from the reading. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's amazing. When I read the, I mean, I mean, just I, one thing I liked about the last one was, you know, you, you, um, you, everyone has a perception that you have to be born a medium, that you can't learn it. And, and this is one thing in your book that, that, you know, you're, you stay true to yourself and you, and you stay true to others and let people know that they have the potential within them with practice and study and, and teaching and finding a good mentor that, that it's possible. Um, and the exercises that you include in your book uh, and the meditations are, are just great. That was the whole point of writing the book because for all these years of my development, I've been told literally hundreds and hundreds of times back then it was, I didn't think you could learn to be a medium. And I thought you had to be born that way. And now that I'm an author and professional medium, I still hear that, oh, I didn't think, I didn't know. And some people still don't believe it. And that's why I wrote the book because I went from being a massage therapist, healer, somebody who was involved with energy, but had no contact with the spirit world. One dream visitation about 15 years ago. Aside from that, no spontaneous contacts and became interested and fascinated and then passionately pursued development. And here I am. And I figure if I can do it, so can anybody else who's interested. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, how do you, um, like I work with a lot of healers. I've been coaching, um, coaching healers. I'm, I'm a Reiki teacher. Uh, and, and I just, I help people in my 20 years of coaching who would just feel that they have empathic abilities, but how do you, um, work with someone and say, Hey, you know, I think that you have some potential to be a medium because you've expressed interest in it. Let, let's, let's start this process. And then they come back to you and say, well, no, I can't be a medium. That, that, that's not me. 
how do you improve their confidence? Have you ever worked with anyone like that? Well, just to shift it a little bit, I don't approach people and say, I think you can do this. This is what you do. Everybody comes to me. Mm -hmm. People come to me. I read your book. I've had these experiences. Can I do this? I want to do this. So first of all, it's all about them, not me. I don't approach people and say, hey, you should become <laughs> a medium. They come to me and they're step-by-step, step, like in the book. First, you should experience a medium. You should see mediumship in action with somebody who's professional and accurate and see that mediumship isn't like a horoscope in the newspaper where, okay, I have a tall, dark man here. Do you know someone in spirit with the name David? The first step is to see mediumship and know that it's real and valid before you can aspire to do it, unless you're the people who are already doing it. So you should know that it exists and that there are accurate mediums and it's not some kind of weird thing. And then there's the step-by-step, -step, take a class, learn to ground, raise your vibration, set your intention that you need a sitter, you need to have somebody to give the reading to. People have this misconception that if you meditate, you can just do mediumship, meditate, ask your guides for help and you'll do it. It doesn't work that way. People can meditate for 20 years and that doesn't make them spontaneously have mediumship abilities. It's more of a process and there's intention and then you need someone to read for. It's really hard to just do it on your own. You need other people, even if it's on Zoom, you need somebody who wants you to connect with loved ones in spirit that they're aware of, that they can recognize. And they're saying, yes, read for me. And then you read for somebody and it's not your family member or your close friend where you already know about their people and you read for them, you connect with their people and get the aha moment. Oh my gosh, I can do it. And then you take it from there. Does that oh. answer the question? It was kind of a long answer. Yeah, no, it, it really does. And, and that that's the thing because when, when uh, working with people, it's such an extraordinary thing when, when they're starting to develop their, their abilities and their gifts and they're trying to figure out what it is. And a lot of times society has a way of just kind of shutting you down, you know, even your own family members, you know, hey, stop being kooky, get a real job. You, you know, I've heard that before from uh, many, many people. And it's like, but that's not it. It's you're unique and you're a wonderful individual and you have special gifts. It's up to you to research and find them and figure out what's calling to you, um, you, you know, and, and there's plenty of, of resources that will help you. Uh, and so that, that's been a, a big thing. And it's been a, a big uh, issue that I've been working with for several years now, because there's a lot of, a lot of people who search me out and, and reach out to me and they're like, I, I just feel like I cry all the time and I don't know why. And I just feel all these emotions, but I'm not, I like nothing bad happens to me, but I always feel sadness or anger. You know, and, and then we, we talk about what it is for boundaries and things like that. I think one thing you talk about in your book is the importance of boundaries. Uh, when, when you're an empath or when you're a medium or when you have a healing ability, wh why do you say that boundaries are important? Boundaries are important because they're boundaries are important with your, in our day-to-day -day life. And all that just kind of continues over working with the spirit world people are afraid that if they open the door to mediumship they decide to 
focus and enhance their abilities, they're going to be bombarded with spirit people all the time. They won't be able to go to a grocery store without experiencing people's spirit people. So that's a place where, no, it doesn't have to be like that. And then some people who are the spontaneous mediums have it like that. So I teach people that you can choose when to work with the spirit world. You can choose to say, okay, I'm open for giving readings and working spirit now for, with spirit now, but there are times when it's your own time when you don't want to and you just say no. You can put a picture of a closed sign in your mind. You can just tell your spirit people, helpers, whomever, okay, closed, not open now. So you can just take an active part in deciding when you want to do that. And the boundaries are important more important because everybody's here in the mundane world, the people who can't say no to people and can't take time for themselves and let themselves get sucked dried and drained by other embodied people are the people who need to learn the boundaries for their physical world and then they'll carry over to the spirit world. One thing that I find is those people are having a hard time setting boundaries is because of low self-esteem and low self-love and self-confidence. Um, when someone uh, uh, that, that when you're working with someone and they're looking for guidance and they're looking to contact someone from the other side and, and, and say, you know, either to say goodbye or to find out something about them or how they're doing. Do you often find that if a person is having some uh, low self-esteem, low, low confidence issues that it's harder for them to connect? Or do you find that it helps them connect because it's a healing process that helps them improve their self-esteem. When I'm working with people as a medium, the whole focus is connecting them to their loved ones in spirit. I don't go, I'm a healer. I've done massage and healing for 31 years, but with my mediumship, it's exclusively about the mediumship. So we don't go into their self-esteem and their day-to-day -day issues. We deal with grief, loss, and the connection to the loved ones in spirit. And then I work with people as a teacher student, as a mentor, and it's all about mediumship. So it isn't, I don't think that self-esteem and confidence is going to affect the ability for them to connect with the spirit world. Perfectionists are going to be, oh, but I wanna be able to do it perfectly all the time and I gotta know, or they didn't understand that person, it's going to be more difficult. And then people, I guess I said it doesn't matter, but now I'm answering differently. A student, so more like a student, if they don't have self-confidence, oh, I can't do it, I probably can't do it, then they get validated results. They connect with people in spirit and then they realize they can. I guess I'm not sure whether you meant somebody coming to a medium who wants to connect with a loved one in spirit. I don't think confidence has anything to do with it. As a student, you're confidence in yourself may have an effect on your ability, but there are people who just think they can do everything and don't want to put the time in or the passion for development aren't going to do well. So being cocky and thinking you could do everything isn't going to help in mediumship. And the people who think that maybe they can't and are insecure, once they get their first validated connections, like, oh my goodness, I did it, they're going to feel excited and happy and learn that they can. Yeah, so and, and that's that, a very wordy way of answering <laughs> your question. Yeah, no, well, and it's great too, because the way that you answered it is perfect, because that, that's one of the, 
things like I've taken some mediumship classes and, and I every couple of weeks I get together over Zoom with a group of, of mediums and, and we kind of like just work with each other. Um, and and it's, it's enjoyable because it, it helps develop that progress. So the biggest um, thing that I found is that sometimes people are, are starting to uh, research and become a medium because they feel that it's going to help them uh, do some more internal work, especially as a student of being a medium. Um, and what I've often found is it's not necessarily trying to work on yourself uh, to, to make yourself better. It's to make yourself heal, which is exactly what you said, because with mediumship comes a lot of healing. Yes. And, and, and it, it, it's so, it, it's very special. Uh, and it's a different kind of healing than what, what a Reiki practitioner would do or like a, a, a licensed massage therapist who, you know, it's a very different and special kind of healing that raises vibration and when done with the correct intention can have dramatic and amazing results. And I think people get confused about that sometimes about getting a mediumship reading versus getting a Reiki healing or, or going to see a psychic and things like that. So that, you answered it wonderfully because I think that's one of the biggest things is it's all about healing and healing um, different aspects of yourself. Yes, one of the healing aspects is with grieving, you still grieve, but you know that your spirit person isn't dead, that they're still alive and well and can be present in your life, which doesn't make you not grieve, but it's a different sense of grieving. And also you can remove your own fear of death, people who are afraid to die and afraid that there'll be nothing there or worse. And then knowing that when they pass, they'll be transitioning to another way of life in a healing, supportive spirit world that can be very peaceful and healing for one's progress, for just one's life itself. And then the other parts of the healing is to be a good medium, you don't want to just learn the mechanics of connecting to those in spirit. You want to be connected to spirit you want to have some sense of connection to spirit it doesn't have to be a religion or a formal god but divine spirit higher power source knowing that you're supported and it's also a process of working with your own spirit helpers whoever you want to call them spirit guides teachers and helpers so that we know that we're guided and supported and one more thing to fit that in when we learn to ground, which is important for mediumship and raise our vibration, which is important to, for mediumship, I point out that you wanna do these anyway, because when you're grounded, you're going to be more present, more alive, more, you're gonna be safer and less likely to do things that cause problems because you're present and accounted for. And when you raise your vibration, you're happier you have more joy, more gratitude. It's going to bring wonderful things into your life. So I tell people, don't go about your day whining and moaning and kick the dog. Oh, oh, it's time to practice mediumship. Let me raise my vibration where you have to go from really low to high. So as much as you can, live a life where you are in joy, uplifted and present. So then when it's time to connect with spirit, you just have to boost it up a little bit, sing a song, say a prayer, do a little dance and boom, you're up there. So you want to be happy, connected as much as possible in a realistic way all the time as part of the whole process. You want to be a spiritual being doing your own work, 
not just when you're trying to connect people with their loved ones in spirit. It's kind of a whole package deal, the process. Yeah, I, I love that. Kind of, kind of like the <clears throat> living in that state of grace, you know, with, with, with gratitude. And for, for me, possible. Yeah. <laughs> with realism that it's not always like that and stuff. Right. Happens. Yeah, it, it does. I, grounding is, is one of the most important things. Like I talk about grounding a lot with, with my clients and with people that I work with and peers. Um, everybody has their own different grounding uh, rituals, things that they do. And, and the thing is, there's, there's a lot of times where people will, will text me and they'll be like, hey, I was having a really rough day today. And all of a sudden I heard your voice in my head saying, you know, make sure you ground. And I took three minutes and did it and I'm feeling a lot better. So thank you. So being able to the grounding is something that is literally is so simple you can you can do it all throughout the day not just part of your morning ritual or or part of your evening ritual anytime that you feel a little bit discombobulated or a little bit like ah <laughs> the world's coming at me in 18 different directions right now um you can ground yourself and then just make sure that you become this unstoppable force that no matter what's hitting you um, you're, you're going to remain rigid and strong uh in yourself. So I uh, thank you for mentioning grounding. I know you go into it in your book and you have a, I think you have a couple of exercises as well for grounding. Yes. Um, one, one thing I liked about your book was uh, I do this, I've been doing it for years. I didn't know what it's called, but you called it a psychic shower. Um, because for me, I, I have shower moments where I'm just like, I'm in the shower and I'm just literally the water is just cleansing both physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, you know, everything like that. And it, it's one of the the best times of my day at times is in there. And I get some of my best ideas in the shower. And I have a friend who actually like, was this a shower idea or a regular idea? You know, because they know they know who I am and what I talk about. So it, it's really funny. So when I read that part of your book, I really liked that. Um, we, we talked a minute ago about the uh, a psychic versus a medium. Could you kind of just tell us a little bit about the difference between a psychic and a medium? Sure. A psychic generally will talk about your past, present, future, intuitive guidance about your life. It could be career, love, and all that kind of stuff. And they'll generally read your energy or go to a higher power or however they receive that information, which could be tarot cards and anything else like that. Mediumship is, in my rigid definition, mediumship is exclusively connecting with significant recognizable loved ones in spirit from somebody's current lifetime. So it's friends and family on the other side that they can know and recognize and have a relationship with. So it's connecting with them, help them giving information so you know that they're around, possibly giving messages. The way it gets confusing is that mediumship is one of many psychic abilities. We use our psychic abilities to do mediumship. So mediumship is a psychic ability such as foreseeing the future, doing tarot cards, animal communications, those are all different types, whereas mediumship is just one type of psychic ability. So all mediums are psychic and not all psychics are medium. So personally, I choose to focus exclusively on mediumship and I've done a little dabbling in psychic as part of practice for mediumship. So that's the difference. Okay, great, that's awesome. What, um... What made you want to teach mediumship? Like, what was that that click in, in your head? That's like, you know what? I, I want to teach this. 
I'm a natural teacher. I've been teaching massage, energy healing, watercolor painting for decades because I like to teach. But with mediumship even more, it comes back to that initial idea of you can't learn to be a medium. You have to be born that way. I have a really big pet peeve about that because it was so discouraging. I had to overcome that philosophy, that idea, those words in my head for years to not to know that I could do this. And that, I mean, some of them even said like, well, everybody can do it a little bit, but they'll never be very good. That was even worse. It's like a tease. Oh, you can do this, but you'll never be good. I want to help people and give them the guidance I didn't have. I took classes. I have mentors now, but I didn't have somebody holding my hand and telling me I could do it and being there for me. And I want to provide that for other people and say, hey, I did it. You can do it. This is how to do it. It's just, I'm compelled to do it. And that's why I wrote the book. And that's why I teach people. And that's why I specialize in beginners. Because I, they blow me away. My beginners, <laughs> they, it's amazing. People who go from, well, I'm interested. I've never done this. I just did a beginner class on Saturday, five hour online beginner class. One of the students had no previous experience. A lot of people will come because they want to strengthen their abilities. They want more structure, foundation to help. And then some of the people are like, I just want to try it. I'm interested. This person was interested, had never done it before. And by the end of the class, it was a small class, gave two brilliant readings, two validated evidential readings with me, evidence that couldn't be denied. And I have another woman, the last class, another brand new person who was just like, oh my God, I did it. Just their faces <laughs> light up there in shock. That, and and then sometimes for the first time, maybe it was a flute, but then they do it again. So I find it incredibly exciting to watch people get their first connections and realize they can do this. And that it's not just for the select few who wanna make it seem like they're gods and people should pay $800 to get a reading for them because they are unique. It's something people who are interested and wanna do this can do and I wanna help them. That's awesome, I, I love that. The, um, and, and I'm finding that a lot too, where a lot of people, um, especially nowadays with, with everything going on with COVID, they're, they're trying to do something different. They're trying to figure out ways to survive with their family and, and, and do things. Uh, so they're starting some side side jobs um, uh, and sometimes exploring their gifts help with that. So they're, they're reaching out, they're taking these classes. And when it's not affordable, like I know some classes where they're going to charge $15,000, $20,000 um, for different things. And, and it should be affordable. So when I when I see people like you who you're you're in it to help people, um, and you, you know you're you're just yeah you're making enough money just to pay for your living expenses and take care of yourself and your family, but you're not trying to just really stick it to a lot of people. And that's what people you know there are people out there who have done that, and 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 yes, it, it could be a high quality something, but the normal person can't afford that, and it limits people coming into mediumship. So I, I, I love your message and I love what you're doing. Your book is, like I said, you took a holistic approach. And what I mean by holistic is you cover everything um, with so many ways. When I, when I was reading it, I, um, I, I loved it. I, I, 
I agree with you about the negative entities um, in, in a lot of ways because that they're not there. Yeah, that, 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 that they're not. Because so, some people are like, well, you know, I don't want to do this because I don't want anything negative to happen or I don't want a demon to control me. And, or, you know, I had this negative attachment and all these kind of things. And it's like, no, it's not. And, you know, and, and I, I don't say it as eloquently as you do, but it's just how I've been doing it for, for in my practice. I said, no, it's not, it's not like that. You go right in and you're like, nope, <laughs> this is my belief. And I, I love, I love that when I read that part. Can you tell us a little bit about that, about your beliefs with that? Sure. It's very simple that every physical embodied person, when they pass, they go to the spirit world, regardless of how you pass. If you were unexpected, didn't want to go, other people didn't want to go, took your own life and all that. When people physically pass, they go to the spirit world. They don't get stuck. They don't go anywhere else. They're in a spirit world and spirit world is healing, supportive. And if you've done horrible things while you were here, you don't get turned into Mother Teresa, but you get help with your soul's evolution. There's karma. There's looking at the pain that you caused, but you are not an evil spirit. I don't believe in Satan, demons, other evil entities. And if everybody here goes to the spirit world that rules out ghosts, entities and attachment and things like that. So the spirit world is all about love and light. It's about healing. Good and evil are present here on our physical plane. I am a realist. I don't wanna walk alone in a city at night. I am afraid of embodied people. Some of them are terrible. They can do horrible things. So I'm realistic about fear here on our plane. I believe that the spirit world that we deal with is not like that at all. Even if people had evil intentions, which they don't, they can't control us. They can't make us do or say anything. And I can go on and on about <laughs> explaining how what people, well, what about this? Or what about that? Explaining, interpreting that in a way that dispels the myth, at least in my belief, but that would take the whole rest of the interview. <laughs> you did mention entities and attachments. I believe it's a scapegoat. People mm -hmm. get depressed. People get into negative patterns. We need to be responsible for that. Energy healing and Reiki is wonderful therapy, counseling to let go of your own stuck emotions and traumas, but it's not like there's some evil entity sucking your energy out. Those are your human embodied people sucking your energy out. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I can go on and on about yeah, that. Yeah, no, and, and I, I love that. And, and I love how you handle the book. And, and you know, one thing you, I believe that you said, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but it was, it was when you cross over, if you have done bad things, you're, you're connected with a, a higher benevolent spirit that kind of helps guide you to see and to help your soul grow yes. uh, and, and to become better. So I, I, love, I love the thought of that and the approach of that. It, it's not about punitive stuff. It's, it's not about that. It's about... Yeah, I did horrible things, but I didn't know any better at the time. And I, I'm with my circumstances or I, ch I chose to, to do these things. I didn't mean to. And now I'm, I'm sorry. And I want to learn to be a better person or a better soul, you know, and, and I, I think that we're all capable of that in, in so many ways. So that's why I, I enjoyed that part of your book as well. Um, you also wrote a like a the companion workbook. I haven't looked into that. Can you tell us what that is? Sure. If, if we had audio, I would show it to you. <laughs> but I wrote a Choosing to be a Medium companion journal, and it's a workbook that goes along with a book. It has prompts. It has places for you to write down your fears, your hopes, where your abilities are, 
and work over questions and thoughts that will help you in your development. And more importantly, or one of the important aspects is it has a place for you to track your meditations, your sitting in the power and 50 readings. So when you do practice readings, you can write down when I did this nine and a half years ago, whatever it was, I wrote uh, scrap papers, notebook papers, eventually on the computer. It's all over the place. Here you have a place to track your readings. The date, who you wrote for, how do you know them or not know them? Who came through? What was evidence? What was helpful? And where you could go from there. When I was in massage school, we did massage logs. We did practice massages. We got feedback. It was part of the development. So when I was developing, I assigned myself 100 free practice readings. And I did 118. And they're all over on scrap paper. The companion journal is a place for you to track your development. What are your current abilities? What do you want? What do you want to do with this? And your actual readings. So then if you go into one of those, oh, I can't do this, you can go back and look. It's like, well, actually I did. And it's kind of like when you're dieting, if you're on a diet to lose weight, the best thing you can do um, besides eating right and exercise is to write it down, write down mm -hmm. what you're eating, how many calories, what you're doing for exercise, what you're drinking and do it every day. And that'll keep you honest and keep you on track. So that's what the companion journal is for those who really want to develop their mediumship. I, I love that. And that, that's great. And I, I agree with that when I'm helping people with financial aspects, you know, we, I, I help them get it like a, a finance workbook and the same as tracking calories and with those track what you spend, track your spending habits so you can identify. So anytime that you handwrite anything down, it really helps reinforce that. So I, I love that with, with your book that you did that. One thing too, I want to mention about your book is the cover is powerful. Um, can, can you just tell us a little bit about what inspired the cover? It, it's beautiful. Well, I'm an, I'm an artist, a watercolor artist, and I'm blessed to have a traditional publisher. So Llewellyn published my book. So they have a lot of control about things. And throughout the writing of the book, I had a fabulous editor, great agent, fabulous editor, you know, change this, change this. Yes, yes, ma'am. You know, and I did it all. <laughs> Yeah, sure, I'll delete that. Okay, got it, understood. And they were great suggestions, most of the part, but I acquiesced. They came to the cover and asked for some ideas and they I gave some ideas and they didn't like them. My ideas, like of clouds and spiritual kind of things, so some pictures, they didn't like them. And they said, here, we've decided to go with this. And they showed me this cover that looked like it would be a cover for scrapbooking. It was hard. <laughs> contemporary awful thing and I was like no <laughs> and I people and everybody agreed it was horrid so then I wrote this 10 point letter about I'm an artist I've done everything else you wanted etc cetera, etc cetera, saying no this is not okay and and worked with the editor and then I went through the Llewellyn books and I showed them copies of 20 literally 20 different books. All of these would be better than that. These are wonderful. <laughs> and then I worked with my editor and she said, how about this picture from this artist? I'm like, ooh, that's great. That's good. And then I went and then I found this image from the same artist, but this one's even better. And we worked on it together. So it was uh, found from wherever they get, I forget what it's called, where they get their pictures. So it was purchased from someone 
but it took a whole lot of thought and effort. What they wanted was awful. And what we yeah. ended up <laughs> is perfect as far as I'm concerned and everybody loves it. So I'm really yeah. happy. It's not my artwork, but I had a big element in getting that artwork there. Well, you, 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 did a, you did a great job because the, the cover is what first got me to, you know, to see the books. I'm, I'm scrolling down Amazon and I'm just looking at books and I saw the cover and the artwork is just literally, I was like, wow, I want to see that. And I'm going to put, I'm, I'm, <laughs> and for those of you listening, I'm going to put a link in my show notes um, so that you can see this cover as we're talking about it. But it is, it is just calming, peaceful. It's beautiful. Uh, and it really fits um, what's inside the book as well. The fact that you fought so hard for your cover and fought for, for that, I, I, I commend because, again, as an artist and, and then as a creative type, there are times where people come in and tell, you know, say, well, you need to do this, this, and this. But we know when to pick and choose our battles. And I, I think that that is a, a big thing. So you definitely chose well. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of you for standing up for yourself because the cover is just phenomenal. Thank you. One of the points was, we might, maybe we shouldn't, but yes, we do judge books by their cover. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it's true. <laughs> about the book came together. I had a lot of help. I'm not somebody who goes around life saying, spirit told me to do this. <laughs> I know people who do that and that's fine, but I'm mm. not one of the people who generally do that. But spirit made me write the book. I agree. Mm -hmm. I thought it was needed, but I was not somebody who wanted to write a book. I wasn't a writer. I didn't like writing. It was never anything I wanted to do. And when I got that feeling of being compelled to write a book, I was only three, three or four years into my journey and I thought that was crazy. So Spirit helped. They got me an agent. They got me a traditional publisher. That's harder than like, getting into mm -hmm. Harvard or winning a lottery. <laughs> <laughs> You're and, right. And so I'm not surprised that the cover is what I consider perfect for the next edition I have a I have a what do you call it when you have somebody well known write you write you a nice thing about it it's not a recommendation it's a whatever oh, yeah I know what you're talking about this is like some people in the preface section or things like that <laughs> well anyway I have I forget what it is but uh, I have Donna Eden do you know Donna Eden and I don't she wrote a book called and well anyway i had this thing work out and then when they do the reprint hopefully soon i have this for i have this recommendation there's another word we'll remember Endor later. endorsement maybe yes <laughs> there we go endorsement <laughs> i have an endorsement from donna eden who, that's awesome. you should check her out donna eden energy medicine so i have some information some stuff from her in the new book and um from her so that'll even be better but anyway yeah, i will i will also include that in the show notes <laughs> I, I'm, um, really, I'm happy with it that's awesome where can people purchase your book anywhere you can possibly get books okay i don't know if this internationally wherever you can get them obviously okay. amazon barnes and noble wherever you are in canada the uk australia wherever also okay. if you want to sign if they're here in the u.s and they want a signed book, they can get them from my website, which is SharonFarber.net. Net, okay, perfect. And, and I'll, I'll also link that too. If they want to get them on my website, they get a signed copy. And if you buy that in the companion journal, it's 20% off, 
20 or 25% off, something like that. Companion okay. journals, harder to find. It's on Amazon and some bookstores, but then I think it might take longer because they don't stock them. Okay. And then and if, some, if somebody wants to study mediumship with you, um, how would they do that? They should go to my website, which is SharonFarber.net. I have a Facebook page called Sharon Farber Author Medium. I run a free Facebook group called Mediumship and Mediums, which now has 8,000 people. Oh, and wow. I, I communicate and connect with people there and answer questions. And we have lots of discussions on mediumship. You were talking about the, my services being affordable. And in contrast, you mentioned that some people cost, cost, charge $10,000, $20,000 for things. Just so I might as well put that out there. My five-hour online class is limited to 10 people, and it's only $68. US wow. So $68 for a five-hour class where you get to ask questions, discussion, live, and practice. Mm -hmm. I have four 90-minute weekly mediumship circles that are limited to eight students each, and those are $13 per class, where you can get a package of 10 for $100, so it's $10 each. And then I do private mentorship with people for as little as $39 an hour if they get a package of five or $45 an hour. So I work one-on-one -on -one with people on Zoom. And my readings start at $50, so those aren't even outrageously expensive either. No, you like again. You're providing such an, an amazing service to the world and, and helping people and healing the world with everything that you do. And you know, definitely, it, it's it, this isn't one of the things where you get what you pay for. I think this is one of the things where the value that you offer for the price you offer, people get ten times that, just based on what I read in your book. You you put such thought and wisdom and intention into your book that when I read it, I was like, wow, I have to reach out to her. I have to contact her. And, and just say, and then when I got your email saying, yeah, I'd love to be on your show, I, it, it, I was very happy because it, it's, it's a topic that I'm very interested in. It's a topic that I have a lot of friends that I work with in and clients as well. So being able to say, hey, here's a resource for you um, is amazing. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you very much. With the book, I had help, a lot of help from Spirit and a <laughs> phenomenal editor going from somebody who wasn't a writer or an author to doing something like that. Uh, Llewellyn was fabulous. And my editor, Angela, was amazing. That's great. I agree I'm with every to... little thing, but that was, <laughs> was huge. And, but all the information came from my process and what mm -hmm. helped me and what I thought would help other people. And because I was guided to write it. <laughs> I, I love that well and, and this is this is great and hopefully people who are listening to this podcast uh they'll check it out they'll check out your book and then hopefully it's going to lead them to know that they don't have to be a, a born medium that if they're interested in it and it's something that they feel a calling to do never let anybody tell you no never let anybody tell you that you're not good enough do your own research do what feels right for you and find a good medium mentor who will help you. Start with this book. I highly, highly recommend it. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.